everybody, welcome to Sports and Ish with Misty B and Rachel Lee. We are so excited this week to have a very special guest, uh, DJ Egan from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is their official DJ. Egan, tell everybody hi. Hi, and um, I don't want to sound like you know, like I'm some guy or something, but please, moving forward, if you introduce me again. The undefeated, you know, we're, we're undefeated. You know, we're undefeated. So, you know, everybody can make that claim now. But, you know, I don't want to rub it in. I don't want to do anything extra. But you Look, know, undefeated. You know, we're we're undefeated right now. You know. That, I mean, we only played the started. Cowboys. We're one, well, right? Uh, right. Hey, look, look. If your brother was a Cowboys fan, this has been going on all summer. You've been waiting for this game. You've been waiting for this game all summer. That's all I can say. So, you know. So, but I, I am glad that you guys have me here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here. You're like, okay, so to be fair, I'm probably his biggest fan who's never actually met him in person. That's probably my fault, but. Uh, <laughs> definitely, Missy, definitely. It's my fault. I, I came to Tampa last March and he was like, um, you're in Tampa. You didn't say anything. I'm like, I, I am. I came down for work. You're like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm on a plane to New York. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> I, I am I am glad that we're buddies and actually I'm a big fan of you too because I, I love what you do and just how you move and I think I really love how you just don't take like anything you're just kind of like this is what we're going to do this is what I'm going to do nothing's going to stop me and I'm going to eat all this food and I'm going to do all this workout and Ekin's going to feel like a lazy bum if he watches my story but you know it's still it's still like I, I, I'm proud of you like I am super you know so but I am glad that you asked me to be on your pod today. Why did you have to bring food into this? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, you know, you know, um, and I guess we're jumping into it. I, I, I probably am glad to talk to you two, got you, t- you guys too, because like I'm finally back on this like little workout thing, right? And you're like one of the people that I watch, right? But what's funny is because I don't know as much about it as you do, because it's not my thing, right? I'm, I'm trying to make myself get into it, right? And you know, if you don't know, you swear like, oh, I gotta eat less because I'm only gonna lose weight, you know, like. And I'm coming to find out that I don't even eat enough. Like they got me on this calorie counter thing. I don't think I've made it one day to 2000 to 2000 calories. I've not made it one day and I'd be perfectly fine. But she's my trainer's like, you're never going to get where you're, you're, you're not eating enough. And then I watch you and, you know, little, little kitchen videos and you're, you're, you're eating for the seventh time in one day before five o'clock. And I'm like, how is, how is this happening? What am I doing wrong? You know? So, that's where the food thing came. It's, it's that lets you know, I pay attention to you guys. You know, I, I pay attention. Like, like I know, I know right now that your team is not the same as mine's, but it's okay. I, because I watch you guys, like, you know, I'm a fan of you guys too. I, you know, I know what the cheerleaders are doing. You know, I, I know what you guys are doing, but you guys right now, like if, if, I look at the standings. We're not all going to be in the same place, but it's okay. We're all it's family. Just, hey, it's just the beginning though. It's just the yeah. beginning. Rage, you can probably talk to him more about food than I can. I feel like Rage is a lot more dialed in and disciplined. Like we vacation together always on my birthday. And, and, and I'll be sitting there like ready to like dial into the nachos. And she's like, got her bag of, uh, you know, sugar snap peas and her carrot stick. She is Miss Help. <laughs> she inspires me. All the time. That is definitely Rachel. She's definitely more uh, dialed in than I ever am, for sure. It's a, yeah, it depends on the time. You got to have that balance. Yeah. You know, during season, sure. before the season happens, you know, I'm a little bit more strict, have to be. Um, but, you know, when I can be holidays and 
game days, we burn a lot of calories. So after games, I, I can indulge a little bit. So yeah. it's all about that balance. Okay. All so, right. so, so without taking over your podcast real quick, can you guys give me Take over. two, three steps that I'm doing wrong when it comes to the meal prep thing? Because I don't, I don't, I'm okay. Just and again, when you come on a pod to me, I'm supposed to be like, as honest as I can be. I, I can't get the food prep thing down at all because by the, the second day, so much food is wasted. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even I, look, I open your fridge constantly and I look right past it. Like nothing is there. So how do I, I wouldn't say master because I'm not going to get that in a week, but let's, let's set a small goal here. That way, when you guys come to hang out with me on my pod, we can, we can see where I'm at. What's a small goal. If I'm thinking of some sort of a food prep plan. I guess one question I have are how, like, how are you with food in your house? Like, are the temptations there? Do you usually eat healthier or are like, what's your go-to snacks on a typical day? Okay. And this is going to be a tricky, this is going to be a tricky answer because I honestly have it, but I don't, because here's the thing. I don't really eat bad. Like I eat a lot of chicken, a lot of baked food, a lot of fish, and I love vegetables. I don't have any problem with that. I don't eat a lot of candy. Even as much as I do parties, I don't drink much. I don't drink in my house at all um, because I don't bring liquor home. Um, Sleeping may be an issue, but when it comes to food, right, I'll go to the store and I'll get like everything I think I need. And then I won't make it. Or if I buy, if I, yeah, or like if I buy a bag of salad, right, I'll look at it three days and I'll be like, oh, this fourth day, this can't be good still. I'll throw it away. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the actually making the food and and following through with that piece. Prepping. Boom, there you go. There, there lies my, there may be my problem. So realistically, what should I be doing to start? Yeah, see, my thing is if I have food, bad food, and like cookies, sweets, salty like whatever in my place I want it so that's like my guilty pleasure is like if it's here I have zero self-control so for me I just don't have that around um when my schedule is crazy which it is now during the season it's like I have to I'm a planner so I have to like schedule in time so I'm like, okay, Sundays usually used to be my prep day. So I'd have all my food ready for the week. Sundays are game days. So now I have to switch that around and do Saturdays instead. So it's just like the consistency in making that time to do it because it is time consuming to prep. Nesty, you can probably <laughs> vouch like for a, that too. <laughs> it's like a second job. Like I will try meal prep on Sunday evenings and then I usually have to do it again on Wednesdays um, because Wednesday evenings I have a little more free time. Uh, it, it literally is a second job and even counting the calories and, and we do macros, you know, like protein, um, grams and carb grams and fat grams like it's a second job it's very time consuming but if you if you want that bad enough you'll you'll dial in and get it done like sucks but you have to get it done well i'm not (laughs) sure if i have the right goals well my my only my goal here is look look and i'm a man i'm I'm just gonna be honest (laughs) you're a man what? My my sister my my sister told me with my complexion right and the fact that i've got really good skin I'm right on the edge of a heavy seven, seven dot six, something like that. Right. She said, if I get my weight in check and I'm not fatter and she says, just if I get some tone, right. 
and I got an eating thing right. She goes, my clothes are okay. She goes, I could be right next to a nine on a regular. So that's my goal with this food thing. You know, it's like, it I got, nine. You know, I got, I'm sorry. I, I you know, I, I got these things, but so realistically, should I be shooting for like maybe two days of food prep? And even with that though, right? Like, like I don't have, I guess a lot of the snack issues. Like I have protein bars in my house. I have, okay. Popcorn is my thing, but I, I mm. do eat, um, what is it? Skinny pop. So I think yeah. I'm doing pretty good there. Right. So, yeah. so, I still need to figure out, like, how do I, come on, is it two days I should go be my goal first? Or just should I just try to eat? Because I'll sit around until like one o'clock, like, oh, you haven't even eaten breakfast. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to eat some breakfast. You got to eat yeah. something. Breakfast is a huge deal. Like, <laughs> so to get your metabolism, so the, the whole thing is to basically reteach your metabolism. And, and the most important thing you're going to do is eat when you wake up. You have to like train your metabolism to understand that you're going to feed it and you're going to feed it something worthy and to get that metabolism cooking, which is why I, I personally eat like five to six meals a day. It's my metabolism. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not young. We know, and, and we know you got to feed those legs. I've seen them. All, um, you got to feed those. I'm sorry. I'm so, so off. I'm are, sorry. I'm, wait, are you, are you? Are you calling them thick? Or are you saying that they're nice? I'm confused. Put it this way. Let me just help. let me let me let me let me put it this way. Every guy I've shown your picture, I show him that one. I show him that one of you in the black dress, and and that is that. Believe me, it's not in no ways not a compliment. Believe me when I tell you. No, it's, it's not a compliment. Wait, so they think no no it was fast? I mean no I mean not in a way of not, it not being a compliment that it very much is a compliment. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I was like, sorry, wait, didn't come up. No, maybe more sugar no, snaps. No, 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 no. I've been asked what you're eating, and I go, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a lot of sugar snaps. Whatever, it's know. working, right? Yeah, it's working. It's working, dude. I, yeah. I go, dude, it's working, dude. Like, I, yeah, it's working. I think, I think too, as as we age, I mean, it's no secret. I'm in my 40s. You can look at my my social uh, profiles and see that I'm I'm in my 40s. But I think that as we age, we have to uh, be very conscious of our metabolism because it changes. The things I could get by with in my 30s, I definitely cannot get by with now. Uh, and I, I learned that over a weekend of eating garbage, and uh, it catches up. But but anyways, Ethan, I'm here for you. Like if you wanna if you wanna talk macros, you wanna talk uh, workout plans. I know. What are you doing? What are you doing workout wise? Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. I mean, I agree. Everybody says, you know, what you're doing from a nutrition standpoint is majority, but workout does play into that and how you're eating around your workouts is huge as well. So what is your workout kind of stuff? My workout has just kind of restarted and I'm trying to get to like three days in a week. And right now they just kind of have me on getting back to movement because what had happened was I had surgery on my arm. And then right as that got well, um, I'm thinking I'm being a good son to go see my mom on Christmas day. And I'm sitting at a light and some guy falls asleep in his car and hits me. So I don't miss my plane at seven in the morning, but I do spend the next couple of hours with a cop and have to bring my car back to my garage all torn up or whatever. And I flew out of here. So then I had to get well from that. So I'm just now really starting to get movement. So the first thing they're trying to get is like, well, I have small goals. Get my sleep in order because I'm I'm good with like three hours a day. You know, like stop three hours. That's it. Man, we got to get to the money, man. Something. <laughs> 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 these, par- hey, these, these parties are these 
These parties are not going to throw themselves. Okay. Now, I'm just saying. No. He is a DJ. Um, yes, that is okay, that makes sense. This man is a DJ in Tampa. <laughs> right. No, I, I am. I, I have gotten to that. I've gotten better with that. I try to get like five or six hours of sleep. And right now it has been a lot of like movement when it comes to workout. And I'm really just trying to make sure that I get there and be consistent like three days a week. And I'm being totally honest with you because I, I figure if I'm not honest with you guys, you guys can't give me real advice and I'll be like cheating myself. So, no, you know, no. That's great. Yeah. So it hasn't really been a lot of weights and stuff yet. But then I also tell her too, I don't just want to be no weight person because I know a lot of dudes who are like big and bulky and they can't like walk a flight of stairs. I don't want to be that guy. Like I want to be like, right. I want to get on my bike. I want to play tennis. I want to get back to bowling. So I want to kind of be active and toned at the same time. But right now it's just kind of like body weight stuff, movements and stuff like that. A lot of like lunges, which I hate. I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who was the guy who thought that we needed those. I don't, why do we need those? Um, they are so important. You know? It's just a multi-plane movement. It's so important. So if that's important, then, then what, why is the plank important? They can't all be as important. Why, why do we need the plank? Why do we need, the, I'm not a cheerleader. Why do I need the plank? It's all about that core, all about the core. Uh, uh, just jumps right in with her little cord that's why you do these planks you know (laughs) that's the core you know (laughs) yeah no it's so fun it's funny you say that though because i do know and misty i'm sure you do as well some people that are like straight oh i need to go work out at the gym and weight lift and do all that stuff and that's straight what they focus on is. And you forget that cardio is so huge as well. And like you said, Perfect. then they go do some cardio and they're like huffing and puffing and wondering. It's two different sure. dynamics that you need to both have a balance of when you're working out. You can't forget about the other one. So I know I make it a point with my workouts to kind of go back and forth. I do think weight training is is huge. Um, and I do like to do that, but also I can't do that a ton during the season because we're doing a ton of cardio and dancing and all the technique stuff with that comes with it. So I'm not trying to be super, super sore and build a ton of muscle and all of that. So it's kind of a balance for me where I know Misty, you can have a little bit more fun with the weights. Um, so, but having, having those two is, is good. And like you said, coming off from, you know, some injuries and, and things like that, you kind of got to slowly get into it. So that's when the nutrition piece becomes kind of the starting point. So I think you're, you're thinking of it in the right way. Absolutely. That was a nice nice way of telling me my execution sucks. No, not at all. Not at all. You are are really thinking the right way. But let me just tell you something about your your execution is flawed. No, it's a process. It's a process. And it's like you get one one point down and you focus on that. And then that becomes super easy. And then you can start kind of moving and and progressing that way. So, no, I think you're, you're thinking of it and you're doing the things that you need to be doing. It's. It's hard though. It's not easy. People think, oh, it's easy. Tomorrow I can, you know, have this awesome physique and this great body and this awesome endurance. And you're like, no, it takes time. It takes time. It takes a long time, but you just got to stay consistent and mm-hmm. stay consistent. It happens now for me. I, I mean, I've had so many coaches in the past that were like, food is just fuel. And if you look at it that way, you'll be fine. And I'm like, no, no, food is heaven. <laughs> I'm, I'm a foodie. I feel like every one of the coaches that I've had in the past were just like, no, it's fuel. And, and I can eat this way forever. And I'm like, no, see, see, that's where you're wrong. Because 
I'm going to need some Oreos and some pizza by the end of the week. So talk to me. When can I have that? <laughs> so for me, for me, it's, 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 uh, again, what Rachel said, it's about balance. So I will, I will try to do my best at least 85% of the week. And that's clean foods and non-processed garbage. And then the other 15%, I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to clean a whole pizza. Like I'm not the chick that's going to, I'm not going to a restaurant and I'm not going to order the same stuff I prep at home. You know what I mean? I'm the chick that goes to the restaurant and I want to order what they're known for. And if that's ribs and if that's pizza, that's what I'm going to eat. I'm not there to eat like a, like I do at home. If I go to a restaurant, I'm going to eat everything I want to eat at that restaurant. I'm not going to hold back. So that's right. what I try to do at least once a week. Once a week, I try to take myself out. Typically after I spend a, a long evening with your favorite team, the Bengals. So when I spend my <laughs> evening with them, I usually go out to eat. Like I finish around 9 p.m. I go to this uh, this barbecue place called Smoke Justice and I, I clean house. Like they have my order down. I call them. They're like, Misty. I'm like, yep, it's ready in 15. I show up, pick it up. <laughs> I come home. I eat everything I want of it. And then that's that's the big meal for the week. Everything else is clean, usually, unless I'm on vacation. But. <laughs> so thoughts on a meal prep service? Because here's another thing. <laughs> here's another thing, right? My mom comes here. And we don't buy anything like the first day. I'll be like, okay, mom, you just want to come now to see everything. And then she cooks. And I'm like, well, where did all the gravy and all this stuff come from that's in the food? Because when I make it, there's none of this stuff. There's like chicken and still the seasoning I poured on top. None of it's like actually in the food and how it's all like tasting in the food. When she comes here, I'm like, you had to have something in your purse. She goes, no, I just used what you had in the cabinet. And I go, something's not right here because I can't get that part right. You can't make it taste that good. I think yeah. it's a mom thing. I think yeah. it's a mom thing. When my mom came to visit me in Cincinnati and she she did some cooking too. And, you know, I was like, all right, mom, I need to be super healthy. Like, you know, you want to make veggies? Great. Awesome. You know, whatever. And she makes, and it's like doused in oil and all the seasoning and all this butter. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I thought we were trying to make some healthy food here. And she's like, yeah, this is vegetables. I'm like, no, it's, it's terrible. Like all the chicken, like you said, with the gravy and this and that. And I, it, I think it's a mom thing. I don't know, but I feel you on that. Yeah, I'm... How do you cook? Do you cook on the stove? Do you bake in the oven? Do you like air fryers are my go-to like amazing. I can put chicken in the air fryer, walk away for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, boom, I come back. It is good to go. Like that stuff is key. For so basically what you're, time. so basically what you're saying is you want to go back to that point you were making earlier about my preparation is good, but my execution is trash. Is <laughs> no, I'm to... Because, 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 because if you're talking gadget, I have every single one. Air fryer, crock pot. You have all I, that. I have them all. Look, man, I, I, I wake up and I look online and I go, oh man, I need that. Oh man, this is going to work. And I have <laughs> it all here. I have it all here. I have the food. I have the vegetables. And then oh. I'm like, I am so busy right now. And I walk right by the kitchen as if, as if, like you said, fuel of the food wasn't like something that was super important for me to even make it through the day. I'll walk by the kitchen and be like, oh, let me grab this peach though. And I'm out, you know, and I'm out, um, no meal or nothing. And I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't eaten. So again, I think it's to her point. It's like, I guess, settle to you guys point of like just settling down and actually executing some of this stuff because i do i have an air fryer i have the apps for a couple of recipes and i have but i just feel like sometimes i don't have the time 
It's that. And it's also like knowing what tasty recipes work with what too. Like I've had friends that are like, Oh, you need to try this. And then I try it. I'm like, how have I not known about this? Like, and it takes me 15 minutes to make boom. So I think it's a combination of all of that stuff. So we'll send you some recipes. We'll send you some, some tips and tricks. I knew I was in the the right place today. (laughs) We got you. Look so, at those pictures, abs and thighs. I the right place to be. So, right. Ethan, take us take us through your week. What does a what does a normal week look like for you? Um, like work and everything, because I he's we know. I mean, I know your job, but tell 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 the people three hours of sleep. You must what your week looks crazy. Like. Busy. Yeah, this guy's busy. Um, I will I will say this: like it's super busy now because I'm going through a shift. Right? Um, just. Uh, my life starts out with, um, I move here to go to school in Florida, right? And I, I moved cause I want to go, I was in Atlanta running around, I'm knowing all these music people, but I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just in everything. And I was like, I'm going to come down here and go to school. And I come here and I go to school, but I did vow when I got here, a couple of things were going to happen. I was going to immediately dive into what got me started. And that was actually my turntable. So the DJ, and then number two, I would only answer to Eakin. Because what I always was afraid that would happen, which is crazy, I was always afraid that two people would be talking about me, right, with an opportunity. And one would be saying Bobby, which is my real name, and another person would be saying Eakin. And they'd be talking about the same person, but I'd miss it because they thought they were two talking about two different people, right? So I've just been totally on my brand and on this thing, right? And it, and it sticks. And another big thing to me is that it's one of those names that not everybody's going to have. So I have to, like make sure that when I do things, I represent it well. So fast forward, radio life, this, that, and the other. And where I'm at right now is like my fifth year of <clears throat> DJing for the Bucks. Um, um, the podcasting has really taken uh, a big thing in my life where it's kind of like, you know, with, with radio influences help and, and just moving around and finding the space, it's become like a thing, right? But in that, I made a decision um, as we walked into January of this year, that it was time for a shift because with as many parties as I do, I kind of don't enjoy, I wouldn't say the party and the people because I love the energy, but I don't enjoy, I think the music as much as I did. You know, when I got into this, it was a big love for the music. And I come from where hip hop started, which is Bronx, New York. And the guy who's credited with starting hip hop. I am fortunate enough that my high, my sister went to high school with this guy. So cool. Herc has actually been to my house. My brothers was in my, were in his crew. Right. So I'm kind of like that kid where, so hip hop means a little bit of a different thing to me. Um, and what means even probably more to me now, as it kind of goes together is not only my love for this hip hop and the overall culture, but my love for the next generation of creatives and paying it, paying it forward for them. Right. So yeah. I've always had, I've had a nonprofit called I care about me for like eight, nine years. And it's kind of been like this thing. I just kind of do little things here. Right. But I never was like, this is totally going to be like what I want to do. And as I thought about this shift and what I wanted to do, it kind of just, I just kind of just started praying a lot and was like, because someone once told me this and I, I hate to, I, I swear, I hate to tell this story because and it's not like, oh, okay, let me be clear. It's not like I have a, uh, I don't have a dislike for my ex, right? But it's like a moment that I have to give her, right? I have to. And that's when you're a guy, you're like, I don't want to give her this moment. But but she <laughs> told me, she told me one time, she said she felt like God would give me things and I would try to tweak them instead of taking them exactly how he gave them to me. 
Right. And her, her, and her point with that was he would just show me stuff. Like he's like, yo, this is you right here. And I would always feel like that wasn't quite it. I had to shift it a little bit to be what I wanted it to be. And for as long as I remember, as long as I've been in this stuff, the love for hip hop and the love for the game has been there being in it and making things happen, that sort of thing. And the love for when I'm around kids and that energy and, and showing them things and stuff like that. And lo and behold, we create this program called hip hop study hall. And what hip hop study hall has become, it has become, it went from being a program that I took into schools and the pandemic hit, but I just kept praying like, God, what is this? What should it be? What should it be? And it's become this online learning platform that we're building along with this content creation piece where I get to kind of be like the Anthony Bourdain of hip hop, right? Where I just get to fly. <laughs> like we're just, we're just literally hopping on planes and going to where people work at and just chopping it up with them. Like we, we, we were in, um, Google, which was like, I was like, I was like a kid in it. We haven't even released that interview yet. Right. My man, Max, he was invited us out to Google and it was just the amount of opportunity I saw in there to be able to show the next generation of kids. Right. So we just, we're, we're just on this mission to be uh, the bridge between education and culture. And I just feel that we can, because I feel like so many kids are learning in a different way now. No, I think the, 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 uh, the preaching of the four-year college thing, you can't just do it to this new set of kids, right? Because they're learning in so many different ways, right? So you kind of have to run beside them and coach them, but also listen. Like you can't talk at them. You have to listen because they'll tell you how they're trying to learn and you'll figure out what they're into and you just can't turn them off as if what they're doing is wrong. And that's where I've been pretty, I've always been good in that space where I run beside my kid and the kids and be like, yo, like, what you into? And I learned from them as I'm going. And that's what's allowed us to, to make this, this thing that, that we're building right here. I'm super proud of it. it I wake up every day and want to do it like even more. And it, it's crazy because I, I love to find out what people actually get to do. I think that's the coolest thing. And it's like, I'm not doing the typical interview where it's like, Hey, so your baby mama, right. And she was on live. Right. And you know, like <laughs> y'all got fighting in a club. Right. Yeah, I, I don't, no. I get to talk to people about really cool things that they're doing with like technology, people like yourself that are into fitness, cheerleading and, and these things that are going on. And I think what it also does is it shows our kids, these opportunities that are there that they don't see in their neighborhood. Right. Some of these things, you never. I don't, when I started talking to people at Amazon, some of these job titles I never knew were even associated with something like a marketing job or things that they're just into. You know, I just never knew these what these job titles would ever be. And I think to get to show these things out there to kids who are like that think that they don't have a chance is like the coolest thing in the world. You know, and so that's that's a good third of my life right there. The other piece that we're building at the same time right beside that is I've been on this thing about creating experiences and in particular for women, because I think that, that as guys, we don't do it right. I, and I, by that, I mean like events and stuff like that, right? We open doors and it's like, Hey, come, right. Come give me $80. And what are you coming to? Right. And I think having sisters and, and being the baby and that sort of thing, you kind of learn that you guys are all about experiences, right? So we can create an environment the talent and stuff is kind of a last fit. It's, it's what that environment is. And the talent to me is the add on. So next March, which I, well, I, I won't, I won't announce it, but next March we're planning something that's super big that we're working actually probably with the city with, it's going to be like super, 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 I'm super excited about. So that's kind of like my life right now, just working on the shift. And then of course I, you know, I, DJ for this little undefeated team down here, um, that has the goat as the quarterback. Um, 
we beat America's team last night. Um, but they're just a small team. I mean, they're, they're, um, Dallas. Um, who's Dallas? Who's Dallas anyway? Like, who's- yeah, well, Dallas is a pretty big deal. I mean, they never win anything really significant, <laughs> but they're a really big deal. Um, their marketing is great. I mean, they're labeled as America's team. They got this really great stadium. They just never win anything significant. And when I send my brother this link to watch this podcast and listen to it, I'm gonna. I want to say that again. They never win anything significant. They just like major. They have great marketing, America's team, all that kind of stuff. And their fans are like. I don't, their, their fans are next level with the belief. I mean, like if it was a church, we, it would be crazy. It really would. It would be crazy. Like it would really be, but you know, so that's my life. And, and on the rec daily, what I have gotten good at and I, you guys, Hey, talking execution, I've gotten better to understand time. And by that, I mean, like it's, it is the most important thing. And I didn't know that for a long time. I was like, Oh, it's gotta be grinding. I gotta be grinding. But I've realized that now you can say, Hey, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do this and I'm going to enjoy myself and go have a meal or I'm going to go see a new experience. I'm not kayaking yet or, or, or paddle boarding as some of my, <laughs> or some of my friends do when they're in Florida, you know, uh, you know, but you know, but you know, I'm, I'm doing some different things. So I'm having a good time right now. You know, so that's, that's it. And, you know, somewhere in there, I, I drop in five, six hours of sleep in a day. You know, that's the new goal. So we're having fun with it though. So. I, I think uh, one of the biggest thing I learned uh, in my 40s throughout this process uh, is that time is a commodity. You can't buy that back. And when you decide to offer anyone or anything or any whatever it is, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of your time, what is that worth to you? Not, not what it's worth to other people, but what is it worth to you? Because we can't get that time back. So I think you have developed a way that you want to actually give that time and make it a true commodity for you. Like, and, and that's, what's important because you can't, again, I don't care what other people want from me personally. It's what I want to give where I think my time is best spent. Again, it's a commodity. So my time is a commodity. Everybody else's time to me is a commodity. You joining us here tonight is a commodity. And I appreciate your time. I appreciate Rachel's and Jason's, but that's reality. The older you get, the more you realize, like we don't have a ton of time. Right. This is it. <laughs> well, and yeah. it's finding your purpose and finding what you want that to be. And obviously, like, yeah. like you've said, like giving back to to the kids and, and opening their eyes to the opportunities that are outside and that they may not know are available to them is a really important factor that I think we have as adults um, bringing up this next generation. Um, I can say the same thing, like I'm in the financial world. And when I started out, I had no idea. Um, I, I worked at a bank to start off and I was like, oh, there are all these different opportunities that I had no idea. Like you said, you can get into marketing, you could be in finance, you could be, um, you know, in digital, you could like so many avenues inside one company, let alone like across the United States, internationally, what, there's so many different avenues. So um, I think it's huge for us to kind of give back in that way. Um, however we can. So that's awesome that you're, you're able to do that and um, do have an impact on their lives, which is huge. So um, how, how did that all kind of come about? So I know like you kind of mentioned you were struggling a little bit. It sounds like with finding, you know, yourself in that, in the, the music world still, and we're able to kind of find that passion of yours. Talk me through like what that was like for you, how you kind of created this awesome thing. Yeah. Um, well, 
the first thing is when I, from the minute I got in radio, I always knew that I wanted to have a nonprofit. The thing about it was I just didn't know actually what I'd be doing. You know, I just, like, <laughs> I just, I just want to have, I just, I just knew I wanted to, you know, because I just, I just knew I wanted to do something back for the community. And I said, I wanted to start my own nonprofit. So I had a really awesome uh, accountant named David King. He pa- he's passed away since passed away. But, and when I told David about it, David was like, okay, I'll help you get it started. And one of the first things I did even in radio is I'm very big on, on um, opportunity. And by that, I mean, like we can fill out all the applications and send in all the resumes you want. Right. And you can be great at something, but you're never going to, unless you're given the opportunity, no one will ever know. Right. And one of the things that I talk about most is building relationships, right? Because I think that almost everybody that gets out of school with you is going to have some sort of knowledge. It's the person that knows people or has shaken a bunch of hands that usually gets their, their name on a desk first though. Right. And I, right. It really is. And people like a lot of our kids because of this phone and this device, they're losing that. So one of the first things I did was my moniker um, at radio and here in Tampa was Tampa's most connected DJ still kind of is, but I just kind of don't ring it all the time. And by that I meant was what I meant by that was I don't care about being the number one DJ here. I never have. I didn't even care about being the best. I knew I was good and I knew I was in the top echelon because of how I move, but that wasn't what I preached. What I preached was if I call you though, you'll pick the phone up because you want to hear from Ekin because you know it's something that matters. And if you come into my city, you're going to call me. And when it kicked off, if you were remotely associated with hip hop, you did not come to Tampa and not call me. If you were coming to the city around the city, you called me. And that was how it started. And and my first nonprofit was called um, Connections. And it was, and I I simply went on one principle, building relationships, one handshake at a time. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I had time and I knew I had access to artists. So I started this thing called speaker series and I would just go to schools and walk in with like ludicrous bow. Wow. (laughs) Young Jeezy. We would just walk into walk in places like, Oh my God. And we just talked to the kids and that to you guys' point, that's time. Right. So it was like, it was really great because it was a time thing. It was like, yo, we actually took the time to come to your school. We would go and do whatever. And I, and like, again, back to the point about God, right. I feel like, he knows what he's doing. We don't even know when he don't even know he's doing it. Right. So a guy named Mano is um, a rapper out of Brooklyn and Mano is at 16 years old. Mano was ro- locked up for strong arm rob- robbery of a drug dealer. Now this is a wild kid in Brooklyn while he's in jail doing the five years, he gets five more because that's how bad he is. So he winds up from 16 to like 25, 26 that he's locked up. But within that time, he was like, you know what? I'm going to flip this. And so he starts working on raps and getting more into rap and whatever. And by the time he gets out, he just really starts using his connections. And he comes up with this record called high hater gets signed, gets a bit of a buzz and he blows and he comes here on a promo run and him and his team hit me like, Oh, he can, we want to go somewhere. You know, I don't necessarily, if you kind of guide me through like this talk or whatever, but I just want to go with you to one of your schools you speak to. And we go to a place here that's by the stadium called Leslie Peters halfway house. And this is when I, why I always say the God thing has got to be true because Leslie Peters halfway house is a kid in Tampa's last chance before they get real jail. So these kids are pretty much Mano. So what better guy could I have to take in there than this guy, Mano, right? So Mano and I, right. we go there. And when we walk in, it's the ooh and the ah from the jewelry, the sneakers, everything, right? But by the time we finish telling his story of 
of what he, pardon me, excuse me, of what he's gone through, of the experiences he had in jail, how rough it really was, excuse me, how it's not really this cool place that the rappers are trying to make it out to be. There's tears in the room. The, The mood has totally changed to like, wow. But the messaging we wanted to leave them with was, you can't change what has already happened. But what you can do is from this moment forward, right here, start to make positive steps to what you want your future to be. And when we were done, it was just like a totally different mood where it wasn't all bad, but you could see it was like a, a new kind of way of thinking. And one of the, one of the uh, counselors, they, they started asking us questions and the counselor was like, yo, Eakin, yo, Mano, like, why do you think these kids have like no respect for this and they do this and they do that and do this, whoop-de-whoop. And Mano was like, well, we don't place no value on ourselves. So if my life don't matter, your life mean even less. And from that right there, I kind of had another shift. And that's when I came up with, I care about me, which is what my nonprofit's name is now. And it was in its simplest of forms, thoughts to me that if I could get a kid to understand that they matter, then I can get you to say career, neighborhood, other people, the world. But if you don't think that you matter, how are you going to care about some old lady walking across the street? How are you going to care about somebody's property? How do you, how, how are you going to care about the air? You don't care because you don't think you're going to be here past 25, at least the inner city mm-hmm. kids that I go and deal with on the regular that I see, you know, cause I, I go everywhere, right? These kids don't even think they're, they're so used. They're so waiting for their friends to be on a t-shirt, you know? So if you can get them to understand that they don't need the new Jordans to matter. Yes. They're cool sneakers to have. And yes, we all want Yeezys at some point. Cause it's a cool thing, but you don't need that to matter. You don't need the new car to matter. You simply matter because you are you. And that is this in its simplest of forms. That's the messaging that we started with. I care about me. And and like I said, from that, it really became a series. It became the speaker series thing. It became content creation. And then it became, what am I going to do to really make this something? And, you know, and then I started talking to people that actually had nonprofits that they were dealing with every day. And I was like, okay, what's the work I got to do to really make this something other than just like this cool thing that people call me and go, we know he can ask connects. And they were like, you got to have programs. You got to like get your business and all this kind of stuff up. And that's when we started working on the programs and the things that we work on now, because like I said, in this two year shift that I'm doing, it's all I want to be doing in, which is a year and a half now as we keep moving, you know what I'm saying? And the biggest part of that has become the hip hop study hall program, you know, um, cause it gives people something to support, something that, you know, that they can say they're a part of that, that's actually moving the needle, that sort of thing. Um, and that's, that's really how I got here, but it, it didn't really start to show itself to your point though, until I said I would pray. And then what would happen was this is it. And I don't, I don't really change it. I just kind of like go and if I hit a bump in the road, okay, I got to work through that. And it's a lot of the, it haven't even really been bumps. They've been just me learning things because it's not my space. You know, my space is, I, I think from here in my heart. But what I've had to do was get with people who specialize in things like yourself, right? Financial, right? And I talked to you about, okay, how should we do with the money? And how do we do this? How do we apply for grants? And what's really crazy about me is, and the people that are around me is that we come from hip hop, right? And so from when you come from hip hop, like we do, we don't care if you don't give us nothing. We're going to find a way to get it. And then you're going to come and want to be a part of it, which is what we've done, you know, because everybody that I talk to is like, oh my God, well, you got to do these grants. You got to do this. You know, we know how to do it. We know how to get the party. So we just do events to raise money. 
And we always do something that has something to do with something else, because I'm not going to argue with people who've been doing it the old school way and know how to get all the money the old way. And I got to fight for 27 bucks. I'm not going to do that, but I'm still going to get out there and we're going to do it. And we just do the work. I mean, coming from hip hop, you just kind of understand that we weren't supposed to be here. And that's how I feel. Like, I feel like we weren't supposed to be here, but now we're worth like billions of dollars. So now you got to deal with us. And in order to get to these kids, you need us. Cause you don't even know how to talk to them. You know, while you're busy telling them that they're wrong for being in the phone, I'm in there talking to them because that's where they are. Right. You know, oh, I love every bit so, of it. You're right. You're, yeah. you're basically taking it and doing one of my favorite things is disrupting it. Like forget what everybody else did. You saw a different way. You saw your way and your way is, is the magic right now. Like it's, it's disruption. You're going to disrupt what everybody else was thinking or doing. You saw something that was going to be a great thing for kids and, and for everybody else. And you're going to do it. So I'm proud of you. I, I, <laughs> I'm ridiculously feel, proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud I, to I say feel, I know you. <laughs> I feel like this, you guys, I, I want to ask you guys, like, I, I feel like there are only like, everybody talks about all these different people in the world. I really feel like there are only two kinds of people in the world. Okay. I feel like there are tweeters and there are retweeters and the tweeters. We are actually out there living. doesn't matter what you're into, right? Like you guys are into cheerleading and sports, right? There's probably a time when they say, Hey, women only do in sports, what we tell them to do. And you guys are getting up every morning and the women before you that started it and let you and made you guys decide you wanted to do it. And was like, we're going to get out here and we're going to do it. And then now you guys are in it. Right. And you guys are not just sitting back taking, what they tell you has to be. You guys are doing things, right? Yes, you are in the rules and you know that there are rules, whatever, but you also are building your own things and stuff like that. You guys to me are like tweeters. You're actually out there living and going through the actual experience. The screen watchers, the retweeters that always, they, they read data, which means that they're needed kind of, but a lot of them, they read data on our experiences, right? Yeah. And they go, oh, this is the way things are trending. When every single day, they're hoping to keep up because we trend somewhere every single day. We just go. Yes. You know, yes. and, and, and that's how I feel like the world is. And I don't, I don't want to be a retweeter where I'm just hopefully living off of someone else's experiences. I just, no. I want to be able to create my, create my own. Create your own for everybody yeah. else for a better purpose, period. And I think it's a struggle nowadays. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody doesn't yeah. want to kind of pave their own path or take, you know, take a chance on, on something. And I feel like you have to, especially when you're passionate about something or you want to, you have, you have to listen to yourself and you have to, you know, do what's best for you. And also just not have, you know, any, anything holding you back. You got to, not be appealing to, to everybody. You're never, nobody's ever going to 100% absolutely love you. Every person on the planet. Like once you accept that fact that, you know, people aren't, are going to judge you, people aren't going to like you, but as long as you can be, um, you know, happy and accept yourself and, and do the things that make, make you want to, um, live like that's, that's what it's all about. And I think that's kind of to your point, like, the retweeters are the ones that are just kind of living in the, in the moment of other people. Oh, that person did it. So I'm going to follow them. I'm going to do this because, Oh, that person's going to like me because X, Y, Z, like that's just, I think kind of the, the world that we live in nowadays. So it's like, are you going to do stuff for yourself or are you going to do stuff for, you know, what you think other people are going to think of you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, 
that's kind of that's kind of like like how I how I feel, and I and I also feel like this. I feel like I feel like the biggest disservice you can do to anybody that you supposedly care about, or when you're saying like you care about these kids, is to have the information and let them make the same mistakes you did without telling them that it's going to be a mistake. Right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like yep. I I've never understood having information. Perfect example. I'll use Jason as a perfect example. Jason is, has become like one of the best resources to me with learning the podcasting and being a part of radio influence. I just know a lot of times what I want to say, but when it came to understanding how to move the podcast around and that sort of thing, I was like, yo, this is, I had tried to do it myself. It was like so much work. I was like this, that, and the other. And then Jason and I start talking and we start working together. I feel like it's a disservice to anyone who tells me that they want to try it, whether they're not sure or not, not to refer them to a path that can help them make the life easier because it's enough, right? With you guys saying, we want to try this new thing, right? We want to do this podcast. It's enough with getting the time. It's enough with it being a new thing that you guys didn't normally do, right? I come from radio. So it was a little different for me, right? You guys saying we want to do it. And then it's like, what, what, making sure we talk about stuff that's interesting, uh, trying to get the marketing up, get the guest. Like, I just feel like if I call you a friend, it's a disservice that I'm doing you to be like, well, I got a resource that might be able to help you. Now, what you do with it is on you, but I'm going to refer you and then you can decide if it works for you. It's the same way I feel about kids. Like we already know, like I come from the Bronx. I already know that there's nothing in the streets. I was so fortunate. It's like I grew up playing baseball and we don't have this now, right? All the hustlers and the bad kids that my brother knew, they never wanted me to be a bad kid. Like, that's what was so crazy. Like, they no, were like, they didn't. right, I'd be coming outside. They'd be like, you got a game today, shorty? I'd be like, yeah. So maybe on the block for five minutes, I'd throw the ball with them. They'd be like, hey, man, get off the block, man, go to practice. I could never stand on the block on the stoop where they were where they were doing the dirt at. It was never that. It was like, yo, shorty, like, come on, man, go. Don't make me tell your brother. Or And the hoodlums would be at my baseball games all the time. I'd get the stands, show up and be like, yo, we hit we hit and they acted according <laughs> to me because my mom and, and my parents and other families yeah. were there. But I knew they were the hoodlums from the block. But they always were telling me, yo, man, yeah, two hits last week. And they were but they were always encouraging too because they figured I had a chance. And they were like, not to be like, yo, we want you to be the biggest hustler too. They were like, nah, bro. Like, go do something. You going to school. And I just feel like we do such a disservice to try to encourage with any in in the the phone is a gift and a curse, right? Because we we're yeah. we're in a we're in a we're in a we're in a world of cliff notes, right? Think about yeah. it. No, these clips are. are yeah, these clips are a minute that we see tops, right? Two minutes, three minutes tops, right? And right. it's all snackable content and everybody runs with the story from there. <laughs> remember when remember when the news used to just be the actual facts? It'd be like, yeah. this is the story. Who, what, when, and where. Now it's like who, what, when, and hold on. I got Rachel and I got Misty here and we're going to give different opinions. And we argue for like 30 minutes and I don't even know what the story was now. <laughs> right? It's become opinions. It's not even news right? anymore. And that's the world we're living. Yeah, so I don't that's know. That's true. It's true. No, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> it is all just, opinion based anymore. Just you're trying to hold my little world together. That's all. Just trying to hold my little world together. You know? So, so talking about your childhood and kind of where you got today what um what kind of kept you on that path to you know keep your head on and you know focus and and keep going and pursue um pursue your dreams because I know you know growing up it it is a struggle you have different paths that you can go down and you have different you know struggles that you're dealing with so what kind of kept you on that path of 
you know, becoming, you know, what you are today? Um, I guess in the simplest forms, like I just always wanted my own. Like, it's not, it's like, like, I don't, I don't, I have struggled sometimes with execution because I have like 9,000 ideas. Like mm-hmm. I, like probably on this phone call, I've gotten like four, like literally on this, on this, mm-hmm. on this, because I'm, I'm constantly with an idea. What I've had to learn is to hone it in and execute said idea and then move to something else. Cause I have ADHD, which is really like squirrel, you know, <laughs> I was going to ask you, but, I was going to ask you, right. I have ADHD and I wasn't right. diagnosed until my mid thirties. I was just going to ask you, you yeah. sound like, uh, yeah. like me, <laughs> right. but what I, but I've never had any, any, lack of drive and getting up in the morning and just wanting to get to it. Right. Like I, yeah. I will constantly go and I, there, there's probably two things with that. My mom always used to say, God bless the child that's got his own. So I've always wanted to have my own so that that way, if all else fails, my mom used to always be like, I don't care if you got a cardboard box, it's yours. And you can go back to your cardboard box and it's yours. She just said, it doesn't always have to be the biggest place, but it's yours. Right. And so I always wanted to be able to have mine. And so that's been, probably part of the drive. And then the other part too, is I just always felt like I can do it. Like I've always felt like, you know, like I got friends and, and people around me. I've always felt like if one of my boys makes a million, I may, I give him a round of applause and then I'm on my way to try to make 1.5 because he's shown me how to get to that first million, right. you know? And then, like I said, I'm, I am really truly a hip hop kid. And I just always, we've always felt like if you're a real hip hop kid and not, not what it is become now, it's not a kid of the culture that we love the complete culture, right? right? Then you always feel like that there's something that we can do to keep control of our own. And, and, and one of the biggest things with me too, with like, with this shift too, is there's been a lot of money made in Tampa when it comes to hip hop. Like there's been a lot, you know, when I say, millions and billions of dollars when i say we are probably one of the most money making like when it comes to really oh my god like i really? can i could yes i'd be okay. well i'm not familiar with tampa so you gotta yeah, yeah, shed well, this light yeah you well, gotta shed this light well let me let me shed a, another piece of light on you here's the thing about uh, uh tampa uh tampa is um to me a city that it's 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 very diverse right we do have yeah. that yeah. but it's not diverse to me when it comes to like ownership of like buildings and stuff like that. And I, it's a two-sided coin for one, some things are grandfathered in and then some things are the way people are taught. Right. And the way people are taught to me that are not of black and Brown descent, they're taught growing up ownership, property, that sort of thing. Black people, Brown people, a lot of times we're taught, money and what that's what you see in pictures and show show my money and this sort of the other and that's not real wealth you understand what i'm saying so that's so a lot right, of no. a lot of a lot of stuff to us is fame before actual security you understand what i'm saying before yeah. financial security it's fame we're I, I know so many people that are famous as hell and they barely have rent mm-hmm. i'm talking about thousands and thousands of followers and it's three of them living in a house because they can't afford rent by themselves, but they are famous as hell, you know? And so what happens with that is, um, in Tampa, it became this thing too of, um, we pay the most money. We pay money for things and we don't even have it. Right. Like, so, um, when you guys go to a party, what do you normally pay for cover? Ooh. Yeah, it, that was almost Look, you both are like covered. Like, what is that? What like, is we're that? Gonna, we're, we're, right, we're going to go inside and we're going to have these drinks. That's what we're going to do. We're yeah. not paying at no door. Right. In the black and brown population, it's almost standard that we know to pay 10 or 20 bucks at a door. This is without any act or anything inside. 
This is what you just are growing up to understand. It's 10 or 20 bucks at a door. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas when I got here and I started moving around and I was different because I was a lot of times in the business of me as opposed to just being, oh, he's the DJ of the night. I'm usually in the business of me, which meant that I come from a world where I was taught, like, I got money to invest in this party. So I'm in the money of the party, right? I'm not just DJ, pay me, get out. No, I'm in probably some of this money that's made from this party's mind. So I've always been a different animal when it comes to that. And it's only a couple of me that look like me that are, that are like that here in Tampa. Um, So what happens with that is, okay, we're already paying more at the door, right? So you already got money from the door that you don't get from any other nationality here because they don't pay it. So even women too pay she's like wait a minute i'm confused by this concept and, and this, and this, this. but but this is, this is this is why i know that she you guys are going to be because i have a very good friend here her name is jillian right jillian was instrumental in me moving into a lot of the different spaces because she was one of the sales reps here at uh at uh when i was at iheart right and jillian was from chicago right irish and jillian would jillian and her friend she would tell me like her friends would like literally they would call places like what's the drink special and if it didn't sound right they weren't even going there they didn't even think about it weren't even thinking about going there and if they set a cover they definitely weren't thinking about going there but then i would show her like parties that i was doing and she was like they're literally paying us at the door and maybe to rachel's point before 11 ladies in free maybe if we're generous right it's a tuesday night it's a wednesday night but let me tell you about this one friday night party i was having Okay. Before I got the party, when I first went to this place and Jillian was instrumental in me getting this deal, it was a place, right? We go there and this place was like, I wanted to be there because they had a very like diverse crowd. It was like a really dope spot. And I go to have this meeting with them and they go, you know what, Eakin, man, I love the brothers, man. But if a club turns black and you know, here in Tampa, as crazy as it is, if a club is known as a black club, everybody doesn't go there. It's like, I'm not going. And I guess that could be where it is around the country, but I'm here in Tampa, so I'm speaking on that, right? And so um, I go, okay, fine. Like, I want a diverse party. So it's up to you to control the door, dude. And it's not really that it's black or any color. It's that you have to control the people you let in here. And one of the things I really told him, I said, dude, don't let an athlete or anybody else tip your doorman to be out of dress code. Because once I got you, I got you. So, which means that if I show up at your door, right, and I'm out of dress code and I give you 20 bucks to let me in with a t-shirt and sweatpants on, I got you, buddy. I got you. Because now I'm telling my boys who ain't even on the team and they think they can break the rules too because they came with me, right? So now, and and the average player that's at the door, right, he's black, he's probably got about five or 10 grand in his pocket. He don't care. So to give you a hundred bucks for five of his dudes out of dress code, he don't care. He just want to do what he wants to do with your party. But now that I've done that, I run things now. I've flipped the tables on you because yeah. now I know I can just pay you to get what I want. Right? right now. That's one thing. So immediately on this Friday night party, once I got it right. Then I'm fast forwarding here for things that happened, but it became like one of the hottest Friday night parties. So immediately, immediately open the door at 10 o'clock. Ladies were free before 11. First drink on us. We had a uh, first drink thing on us, whatever. But then we kind of hold the line. So eh, we uh, we let a few in. We kind of hold the line. We're playing with the line, right? So so look at your face already, Missy. You're kind of like, what? You're playing with the line, right? So so the line's line's building, right? So we let a few people people got in. Right. So a few people got in. Uh, 11 o'clock, I shifted. Guys are already at 10 bucks. Guys are at 10 bucks um, before 11 already. At 12 o'clock, everybody's 20 bucks. Okay. And right next to that, I got a VIP line. 
that's 40 bucks. You know what VIP got you? What? It got you. Yeah. Three steps. Maybe that's it. You didn't have, (laughs) you didn't, you didn't have, you didn't have any more privileges. You didn't have any more privileges at all. You just got in because we were selling sections back then before the pandemic hit, we were doing sections for like 4,000, 5,000. Get you, get you eight people behind a rope and maybe a couple of bottles. And we were paying this money. We were paying this money weekly. And I know three, four, five spots here that we're getting it all through the week. Here's the other thing about Tampa that people, I can't say I'm mostly, I'm, I'm proud of it all because Tampa became scam central. Um, it was only second to maybe, I think we fell second to Miami for a while. We fell second to my uh, Atlanta for a while, but they were doing this thing here called drops. And if you Google it, Google Tampa tax lady, right? Just kidding. <laughs> They were, they were doing, they were doing, they were doing this thing here where they were literally doing people's taxes and stealing their money. So you would go to do your taxes and your taxes would already be done. And it was a crazy crime here. And the main person that was doing it was this girl. She was like numero uno. They said that they think that she ultimately got like 8 million, but they only got it a cop. Uh, maybe like seven, seven, eight years ago, maybe. Okay. Right on. But she was calling herself first lady. This late, this girl came to my party every Friday and gave me a hundred dollars just to shout her name out. I never saw her until they put her on the front of the newspaper when they had Ooh, called her. But whoa. I never, but, but literally she was coming in every Friday, giving me a hundred bucks. Like, like all I had to do was yeah. say first lady in the house. They were, the crime was so crazy that, and it wasn't even a guy crime. It was mostly a female and a, uh, I, I, I'm trying to make sure I use the proper term because I don't want you guys to get your, your podcast uh, 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 red lighted. Flag. Or whatever. Flag. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was like a, a lot of like, um, because, okay, I'll put it this way. It was a lot of people that were in like the medical field because they, you needed the information and the information right. is your social security number and your, and your address, right? That's the first information that you need. And they were literally, and they were calling it drops because you got your tax, they would do your taxes. And then it, for some reason, the IRS would send, uh, a debit card and then the money would get dropped on a debit card. You had military people coming back in the country going, trying to do their taxes. They were like, your tax has been done like twice. Like yeah. it was such a crazy crime. And when they didn't know how to prosecute it at first and Tampa was like number one in this crime for years. And wow. when you see, when I can show you pictures, the amount of money that was being spent in international mall and Gucci. And, and that's when I say like what we were doing with the money, like when the girl got caught, she was in cahoots. They said with her boyfriend and her brother, they, the brother had a Camaro that he had put like 80 grand into that had made the whole car Chrome. They had had like a, they had had like a a $30,000 birthday party for a one year old. This all stuff was in the paper. It was like, it was like ridiculously crazy amount of money that was being spent. Literally want to Google this whole situation as soon as we're done with this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and And it was like real. So the amount of money that was here was crazy. And then just in this last two years, Tampa was high up on the list of PPP fraud. So Ooh, yes, that COVID. I mean, COVID brought, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Tampa, Tampa is high up on the list of PPP fraud that they're mm-hmm. getting ready to come down on left and right. So it's, it's yeah. just, it's just been a lot of money here. Right. So, so I guess to my point of like what we did with the money though, you know, it was never get buildings. It was never like, create some kind of a, like a plan for wealth. It was like, right. Oh, I'm going to buy Gucci. Oh, I'm going to buy bottles. 
Oh, I got all the. Buy I got yacht. All the yeah. yeah. Not, not even that. It was like, no, buy belt. I'm buying all the belt buckles. That's what they were doing. It was that. It was. It was. It was really crazy. So you know. So so to my point, it's like we aren't we aren't taught that. And that's a big deal to me too. It's like, we have yeah. to be in the business, but I, I can't totally blame one side because I, I even talked to my promoter friends that do a lot of shows here, right? We'll spend three, 400,000 on an act, Rod Wave, Lil Baby, Da Baby, all these guys, right? But we don't go and talk to like city officials to talk mm-hmm. to them about how we can work with them and, you know, and do things better with the city to support our events and also be events that they want in the city. Like we have the right. capital a lot of times. So, and so that's to me is what we do wrong. When you look at other nationalities that'll go, you go, well, how are they doing this event? And the mayor's there and it's all, they're on this, they're on this cheesy show that comes on after good morning America because they're going to ask the questions. And to me, that's right. what we have to change too. And that's what I want to break a lot of our kids out of. Like all the cops aren't bad. All the city officials aren't bad, No, but you have to get up sometimes too and go find the information. And maybe you should be a part of that and help make change. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I agree. So. It's Look at all these things. I'm, though. Yeah. Like, things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change these things in my t-shirt. That's all I'm doing. I'm just, I wear sneakers to all these meetings, which I think is the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. Hey, we're both sneaker heads. We get it. Like, yeah, okay. We're wear all these sneakers to these meetings, but uh, it's, it's and, but I mean like as a city though, like I really like it. I like a lot of what's going on here. Um, as a sports city, I have to say it's like probably one of the best places to be because, you know, and I, I make a lot of jokes about the Bucks because like I said, I fell in love with the, with, with being a part of it all. But even like you look at the lightning, right? I mean, COVID aside, two years ago, we won the Stanley Cup. We were in the World Series because of the race. We won the Super Bowl. And even the Rowdies, the soccer team, were like co-champions. Yeah. Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, Sports wise, they really have a lot going on here. You know, and, and it's a lot going on here. It's a really good foodie city. It's a lot, and it's Florida. You know, so there's there's a lot of good things going on here. But to you know, to to me, I just feel like if some things need to be changed, and I also just want to learn more about my city and be be a part of it and how things go and and what's going on, especially as a representation of of black men here. I just want to be make sure that I'm doing it right so that the next set of kids who see me like, oh, he's the Bucks DJ, and then they learn my story or I go somewhere that I can show them something else because I think like, you know, look at what you guys are doing. Like we, these kids should, I, this is how much I know they don't know because I don't know. When I was making the shift out of radio, I was just looking at all kinds of jobs to Rachel's point earlier. I had no idea the amount of stuff that was going on at targets, corporate entertainment, marketing and artists dealing with artists. I was like, target, wait a minute. I just go in here to get all this other stuff and, and steer it. Um, you know, Middle-aged ladies that are, you know, that are Starbucks. Okay, that's another thing. But, you know, <laughs> I just go in here and stare at chicks at Starbucks in the middle of the afternoon. But, you know, but yeah, you know, but I never even knew the amount of jobs and opportunities that were out there with these companies and stuff like that. So I just yeah. know that if we can show them these things, like, they'll be like, oh, my God, I didn't know. And who knows what they can do after that. It's true. All right, so I just want to apologize for calling Tampa the armpit of Florida. Um, wow. <laughs> no, no, I know, no, no, I know. I went down for like two weeks, and um, my mentor lives down there, and a lot of my guys train there during off season, and the property values were insane. And I just, I stayed in the Airbnb, and I just remember like traveling around, like just the outer skirts mostly, and I thought, 
why is it so expensive to live here? Like it's 30 minutes from the ocean. Like I don't get why this is up and coming, but I, I wasn't in it enough to live it. I wasn't in it enough to breathe it. I didn't understand what I was actually in. I didn't see a part of that. So I, I appreciate everything that you're teaching me right now because this has been incredible. Yeah, but to your point though, the property values are insane and I live here. There's, oh there, there's I don't know how bad it is all over. The, I mean, it's going crazy. to New York, going, yeah, going to New York once a month and, and knowing what some of my friends pay up there to live in like a bathroom here. Um, I, it's crazy, but yeah. I just happened the other day to be looking at some stuff online and it's like 600 and some square, 600 and some square foot apartments are like three grand. And I'm like, this is not New York, yo, this is no, not, it's Tampa. This is, it's Tampa. right. This is, this is not, and it's yeah. not like you're, you're next to water either. It's like, you're in the middle of the city somewhere and it's like, oh yeah, three grand for yeah. six, I'm um, like 600 square right. feet, really three, three grand. Right. Yeah. So you guys have a river, point. like what? <laughs> There's a river. There's not an ocean. <laughs> I was like, why, why I'm running the river walk. Why, why are people paying this? I don't get it. You're paying that because lots of championship celebrations happen on that river. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tom, Listen. Tom, Tom Brady threw the Lombardi trophy on that river. That's the river that he <laughs> tossed it from one yeah. boat, from one boat to another on that river. Has, that Tampa, river. has Tampa been crazier since Tom has joined the Bucks? Like, wh- like talk just a little bit about like the differences that you've seen, because I bet it's just like, and it's like 200% Tom Brady. Look, man, look, 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 look. I, hate to have to, I hate to have to go to the hood on you, but Tom turned this city up. Let me tell you, yes. Tom turned this city up. That's look, cool. Like when, like, we have like the Yankees in off season. So there's always, like you said, somebody that's here, right? People train here and that sort of thing. Yep. But when we found out we were getting Tom Brady, ticket sales, you couldn't get one. Like you couldn't, like the Bucks tickets like that like oh, that sure. right good revenue and, for the city great revenue and, for the city. and the stadium on a whole nother level like every single week people coming in town this that the other like they had to see the goat was here and then we won <laughs> that we won the super bowl that year i mean he came in one year it was people were like he said yo who want to win a super bowl Tampa, y'all want to win? All right, I'm coming. And gave us a super, <laughs> we, got, we got a super bowl right if you don't do nothing else right and then to your point this is how much he's meant when Tom Brady said he retired, I know so many people who were like done with season tickets. Done. And when he said he was coming back, they could not <laughs> get those tickets. They could not get those tickets back. They couldn't get them back because people had already That's crazy. People had, really, people had, people had beat them in the line back to get their own tickets. Uh. Uh, another thing, where I used to be in the stadium with my championship treasure chest, DJ. <laughs> It used to be a photos it, of this. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a wide open space that people pretty much like put it this way, games here are like a day party. Right? It's like it's like people buy tickets and then so many people are just standing on each end because we have the ship on one end and we have this open space on the other end where everybody's kind of hangs out. You can go right to the concession stands, everything, and you can see everything because we got these screens and the field. This year, when Tom came back, that whole end that I used to be on is now seats. That'll tell you how much what? it's selling. Oh, it's now seats. My and they've moved, they've moved me and Casey, the girl that I share it with, and the drum line, everything else. We've all moved to the deck by the, by the ship. But that whole wow. other end is now seats, and they are selling. That's, oh, that's, sure. the, that's the Tom Brady effect. Like when he left, everybody's like, yeah, I'm out of here, man. He'd go get them season tickets. When he said he was coming back, I got mm-hmm. friends who are so mad. I 
couldn't get my tickets back, man. They, they got me sitting. They got me. They got me. They got me sitting. Breathe, breathe, breathe. I'm just saying, like, do you know somebody? Yo, I mean, I know I took a picture with Tom, but I can't help you. I can't. I can't, help you. I can't, help you. I can't help you. Isn't that how it is? Hey, can, hey, do you know somebody that can? <laughs> it's, it's do you know somebody? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I took that pic. I took that picture with Tom Brady, and everybody was like, "Oh, I know he can help now." No, I can't help. Nah. No, I can't That's help. not how that goes. I can't help. No. But yeah, he he's he's had like a in a in a really good way. I mean, all the way even down to like I, like when you talk about people, you you guys are in this sports thing for real, right? And so you guys see players and stuff like that. They said that Bruce Arians told him when he came here <laughs> that we already have the team. We need you, yeah. like to get the guys to understand. And I really do believe, like. Not, I don't think Jameis was a bad quarterback. I just think that Tom, because of all that he's accomplished and being who he is, he's that much more of a leader, though. And they Magic. buy in, right? They buy yeah. in, and, and to me, the city has bought in. It's like, you know, he he shows up at an event, and it's like, like he came to Mike Evans' fam- foundation thing that I was DJing, and the whole mood changed in the room. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah the goats here, yeah, the You're goats here. And then when he walked up on stage and started talking to me about music, and then he was like. We're going to take this picture. Yo, everybody goes, you can, you look the happiest you've ever been. And I go, all I wanted was, I kind of just froze and was like, yo, just get this picture. Cause I don't know if he's going to be okay with taking another one. If this one doesn't come out right. I just didn't move. Cause he was just that kind of a dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think if I would have met Michael Jackson, it probably would have been the same way, but he was just like, or I haven't met Jordan, right? My brother, my brother's met Jordan, and he's met. I was my brother say, met, we, we talked about this, like you and your yeah. brother's competition on like goat. Yeah, photos. and my my yeah. brother has a picture with Tupac, so it's, I'm never. He says I'm never going to catch that, but Stop. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like, but I it's it's kind of like that, and he and he was like such a cool dude to be who he is, you know. So I just think that what he's meant to the city, if he doesn't do anything else. I mean, we we got to make the playoffs, but if he doesn't, you know what he what he's given us in three years and given them as on, as an organization, I don't I don't think that anybody has anything to complain about. I don't as a fan and as a person that gets like even me. People are like, you gonna DJ? I was like, this maybe after this season it might be another con- reconsideration, but I'm gonna stay on the retirement tour. There's no way I'm jumping off the boat right now. If he's here, I am here. You know, yeah. so it's been great though. It's been great. Good. Hey, I wait a minute! Ask. Hey, hey, wait a minute! Well, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, but no, are you good. are you guys are you guys coming to visit? <laughs> Is it, aren't, you, aren't you guys bringing? Aren't you guys bringing the? Aren't you guys bringing the young phenom here? But so, uh, so I think you and I talked about this. Like, I, I, I want to be there, and and I've I've looked at flights, I've contemplated like just taking a red eye back, but because because my guys charter back like the same night like literally when the game ends they're on that plane within 45 minutes of the game ending and they're already on the way back and they expect me to be ready the next day so i i can't be in tampa but i'm really really sad rachel i are you going right so I think Rachel's going. i'm yeah i'm i'm trying to go so um i actually have family that live in tampa so i've been to tampa a bunch i oh, so you know love tampa. <laughs> i love tampa um and the the cool thing with us is we only travel with the team the only time we ever do an away game was last year when we went to the super bowl just wanted to point that out um so we wow. did go to the Super oh, Bowl wow. last year. So we have, you know. <laughs> no, I just want to point out though, your number one team. It was it was us at the Super Bowl. Just saying. Just saying. Just just saying. <laughs> but um, but no, no. 
but we, uh, yeah, we don't get, we don't go to away games. So I am going to try and come to Tampa. So if I'm there, I gotta, gotta meet up and, and all that fun stuff. I'll let well, you Well, know. okay. Okay. Well, here, here's the thing. If you guys both come, <laughs> I'll do my best to make sure you get tickets. Really? Now you're making me want to make it happen. Oh, <laughs> Missy, we're going to have to make this happen now. <laughs> if, you guys get, if you guys get all the way here, even though I know you're kind of going to be rooting for the other team, you know, my brothers came, my, uh, my, uh, uh, they're like two of my big brothers in this, in this hip hop game, right? Uh, Troy Marshall and, uh, Corey Sparks. And they, they hit me like two days before the Rams game. And they were like, yo. And I'm like, what up? They're like, you got tickets by any chance? And, Troy has been so dope to me that Troy like gave me a Super Bowl ticket before. Like he's like, yeah, we're on a Super Bowl, right? So anything, anything I can do for them, I'm gonna call, right? So I made a call and I was like, uh, I got my hands on too. You guys, wow. they was like, don't worry about us. We cool sitting together. We good because you know everybody's family. <laughs> Man, they they did just what you said though. They got here, showed up in Rams gear. Mistake number one, but they had their jacket. <laughs> I, hey man, I knew what they were here for, and they, uh, but it was it was crazy though because um, you know they they took pictures in, in my treasure chest and everything, and everybody's all buttoned up tight, right? As soon as they get out, it's like Rams, Rams. I'm like, man, get out of here with that, whatever. But it was such a good time and so good to see them because you know, like you know, everybody, we all love this sports thing. We all have our, have our teams or whatever. But I will promise you, if you guys come, I will I will save you. Well, we got to know. Just let me know soon because people are going to ask. But Oh, I'm right. sure. Especially if you're done. I, done, done. I, know, I, know it's, I know it's you guys' team and we're all family. If you guys can make it here, though, I'll make sure that you guys, you know, you know as you guys get into, you know, watch the, the, the other quarterback. <laughs> the other quarterback. <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be a great game. It's yeah, it should be a game. It should be a great game. Yeah. The, uh, so I always ask my guys, anytime I get one of the, the newer players into my office, I always ask them, like, listen, we all have um, some sort of pro athlete that we kind of crush on. For me, I don't, I don't actually have a football player that that person is. I have NBA players, I have MLB players, but I don't actually have an NFL player that I, I have a celebrity crush on. But for them, it's always uh, either NBA or it's going to be uh, an NFL guy. And I'm going to, like 50% of the time, the guys are like Tom Brady. Tom Brady, that's my NFL crush. So even though, even though this is the guy that we're playing and, and even one of my actual, my, my defense tackles, he literally, uh, his first appointment with me was, I said, who's, uh, who's your NFL crush? And he was like, Tom Brady. And I actually just got my first photo with him as I tackled him. Oh. <laughs> I was like, there you go. You got to frame that. You got to frame it. That's, you that's go. your goat. So <laughs> I think, I think they said, uh, the, the guy in the Cowboys the other day that he threw the interception to. That yeah. guy wouldn't give he wouldn't give the ball up. He's like, nah, bro. I, I intercepted Tom Brady, dude. I'm keeping this ball, dude. It's, it's magic. I gotta keep it. Yeah. He's the ghost. We're keeping it. Nobody's getting this ball. Hmm. So where did, where's your where's your family at here in Tampa? Um, Odessa, Lando Lakes area. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little. Yeah. So I know. Those I've areas. been there. Wait, but I've been there. I've been to Tampa so many times. So I, I love it for like holidays and all that stuff. So, but it's changed in like a good way. And, and I can tell for sure, like you mentioned, just like all of the, with all the sports and everything going on, like oh, yeah. it's crazy, but in, in yeah. a good way, but the real estate market's ridiculous. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a, like I said, there's a, there's a, a bunch of good happening here. And, and like people ask me all the time, am I, am I, am, is this my final spot? And I kind of like got my townhouse, like before all the chaos, 
Yeah. So it's kind of like tripled in value, but I actually, but I actually have a mortgage that you should have here. Right. I don't have one of these, like, dude, why is that mortgage like that? You know, I'll look at these places mm-hmm. and I'll be like, bro. And, and they'll build something new and oh my God, the, the prices they're putting on that stuff, but it's just what it is. And I think it's all going to like, cause I've seen this before when I was in college, I had bought a house and it was, it got all crazy like this. And even when I sold my house in college, I was like, well, I did this and this and this to this house already. And we have, we sold it for this. How much more equity can the next person get into it? You know? So, and I already hear things are going, things are going a different, things are starting to go a different way. But when you talk about like, you know, tech and stuff like that and the things that they're trying to do here though, uh, I think that they have like, you know, I I think it's a lot of good planning going into it and uh, I'm happy here. I I think the only thing I miss, but I'm, like I said, I go to New York once a month now is I miss seasons because I do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be Cincinnati cold, but <laughs> it's not I, that bad. It's not that cold. I promise. I'm from Buffalo. So that's why it ain't bad in Cincinnati. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> You're from Canada. You're wait from minute. Canada, lady. Yeah. Yeah. True, true. If you were living oh. here, you'd be coming to Cincinnati talking about, I am never, I man, know. I went, I went to New York, yeah. like not this past winter, but the last winter. And we were down by, by, um, Hudson Yards, whatever it's called now, yeah, me, yeah, my yeah, nephew, yeah. whatever, right? We had to walk backwards. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, I was like, bro, this is ridiculous. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't even know why we want to, I don't even know why we want to eat at this hour. Why? Like, it was that bad. Oh. And I do, but I miss sweaters. I miss coats. I miss the layers and how you can rock like gear because down here, <laughs> you have, you have to watch it. If you're not going to an office every day and you kind of like, halfway run your own operation like I do because I'm I got like a double life I kind of like run my own operation but then I'm also entertainment and special events director for this company called Sun Pubs here that we we have like what is it 13 restaurants and clubs so it's kind of like a double full life but I never have to go into an office or anything right and if we do everybody's gonna on shorts because these are restaurant guys right yeah. these are you know it's like these are like beach restaurant guys so you get into this habit of shorts and t-shirts and you're like wait a minute dude like i want to put on a shirt like i I gotta (laughs) like get get dressed today dude get dressed and that's what i have to remind myself is it'll be shorts and a different pair of sneakers every day and i want to i don't want to do that all the time but i love it this is bad but when i when covid happened i could work from home right so (laughs) i spent a couple weeks with family in tampa and we'd have meetings. And so my, my aunt, I stayed with her and they have a pool there. And so it's beautiful. I love it. They live on a little lake. Um, and so I would, you know, do my work and I could, you know, relax and have loved the weather there. But if we'd get sometimes, not all the time, sometimes if I had like a zoom meeting, especially like, you know, around before after lunchtime I would hop on the zoom meeting and I have like you know my suit jacket on or a dress you know a top nice top suit jacket but like on the bottom I would have my bathing suit and you've seen all those like the the memes or like you know the whatever videos of like the people that like stand up and then they're in their they're like, in boxers, like boxers. <laughs> I was like I would have to tell myself, Rachel, remember to like sit down, do not stand Very up, like just, you know, do your thing, look, <laughs> look presentable. And then afterwards, you know, for lunch, you can go lay out and enjoy some stuff. <laughs> like I'd be ready to go. So 
Take that yeah. jacket off like take that jacket off like a superhero. Be like right in the pool. <laughs> oh, that was the best part. That was the best part. Yeah. So. Those zooming, those zoomings were getting crazy, right? People think their camera's off and they're getting up. And you're like, <laughs> dude, no one needs to see you walk across the room in your boxers, dude, in your dress suit. <laughs> or or they'd be in a Zoom meeting. You'd see like your spouse in the background, like coming out of the shower, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you need, yeah, you need to get, you need to go in another room, dude, to let your wife get dressed in here, buddy. <laughs> I yeah. did have one time where I thought my Zoom was off, and I was like eating some breakfast, and then I was like, "Whoops, I am on." Okay, let's. <laughs> Other than that, though, I haven't had any crazy like Zoom. Uh, Zoom. Yeah. I was on mute, so that was a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I check, I check the Zoom camera like four times. You're like, is that on? Yeah, is right? that off? Like, is the Zoom? Yeah, you just don't even know. You'll be like, he's looking at me right uh, now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We had a very special guest, DJ Egan uh, from Tampa, Florida with us this evening. Had an amazing time with him. Remember that you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube on our very own channel, Sports and Ish with Misty V and Rachel Lee. We will see you guys so very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies.